Good morning. morning. Scripture reading this morning will be in the book of Acts. So if you'd open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 7. Be reading verses 33 through 38. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself, through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the desert. This is that same Moses who told the Israelites, God will send you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, and he received living words to pass on to us. Thank you, Phil. Great to see everyone today. Lots of exciting things going on. There are lots of exciting things going on. (laughs) I, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe that was a muffler you had on your face, not just a mask. There's no noise coming out of here at all. It's like... Uh, but it is good. We appreciate so much all of your involvement in the Adopt-A-Family. We have lots of orders that are going out, lots of people who have been shopping and doing things, and so that's been a great thing. That's still in progress, and we're waiting for things to come in, and uh, that will probably be happening next week. There are six families that we were able to do. We usually do four and there's quite a number of people in the families, but you guys were so generous this year, we were able to get a couple of more families, and so it's, it's going to be a great year of being able to bless other people. We've been talking about this concept of what happens from the Old Testament to where we are now, and about, especially about the last week, the idea of blessing, and about how Jesus shows up a long time ago in the Old Testament. And so we talked about Jesus being the blessing of Abraham last week and how he's a blessing to all people because it was promised to Abraham and with this promise to Abraham, he is now the one who is able to bless all of us by being the one who has died on a cross, by being the one who was that sacrifice, by being the one who brings grace and mercy and brings resurrection and redemption to us. And so all of those things are great and wonderful. We want to talk a little bit more today about one of these very simple, very common things that that goes on, and uh, that's the idea of just simply following. Because if you'll remember, as the Bible begins, God talks to Adam, God talks to Abraham, God ta- and if he wanted to get your attention or tell you something, he would talk to you. And so it was much more direct. 
But the passage that was read to us this morning is more about a time when God spoke and people would follow. And so Moses is a leader for all. You may remember that Moses was not just an easy childhood. He was born at a time when they were killing babies, and so it's a very difficult time. You may remember the story about the him being put into the little ark to be able to save him and Pharaoh's daughter and growing up in the palace and growing up with all these other things. And wow, what an amazing story this is as we look at Scripture and look at all the things that it tells us about about Moses and about what he did. His preparation is extensive for being able to be a leader being able to be someone that we would follow. And so it's always great when you see someone like that who has done so much of this preparation. Of course, the preparation was done by God. He is a very educated person in Egypt. He is a person of great faith. He's been through all of these things. And I think that's why Stephen chooses him as he's defending his life and saying, I want you to go back and remember Moses. And so he goes clear back and starts with Moses. For the first time with Moses, God speaks to Moses. He was someone who was called to God, and people then were to follow Moses, to follow the law that was given to Moses. God wasn't going to speak to them directly, but God was going to give him the law and people would speak to him. Moses was called by God. You will remember one of those amazing stories about how he... Well, there's a whole lot. I can't tell all of this story this morning, but uh, we find Moses where he is essentially given up and, and left and decided, no, it's not going to happen. And yet then God calls to him out of the bush that never burns up. But as he goes back to talk to the people of Israel and to convince them, God is going to lead you out now. I want you to believe. I want you to follow me. Uh, they don't quite see it. They don't grasp it at all. In fact, as he tries to rescue one of them, they say, who made you the ruler and judge? Well, that wasn't the quite the quote here. He wasn't to be ruler and judge. If you look back at the passage, it was, you know, who made you ruler and judge in verse 35, but actually God sent him to be ruler and redeemer. So why did they t- think of him as their judge? They were kind of afraid, kind of rebellious. We don't want to follow anybody. But Moses is one of those people who is called by God. He is one that we are able to see, and he's one that they had prayed for. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when we pray to God for a solution about something, we may get an answer and decide that's not it? Have you ever done that? I mean, I think I've done that. I've had other people to do that. Uh, I even had a time where, you know, I was trying to meet somebody and talk to them. And they said, oh, I remember you. I remember your name. And I said, yeah, I'm Terry. And they went, oh, no, that's not it. (laughs) Wait a minute. I think I know my name. And (laughs) 
but sometimes we just don't believe things like that. But that's what he does here. He's, he's the one that they had prayed for. He's the deliverer. But it didn't look like the delivery that they wanted. And so they're, they're not going to accept him. And so sometimes I think even though Moses is the leader from God, he is the physical presence on earth of a person who is from God, who has the will of God, who is there as God's man with God's word. Sometimes it's very hard to grasp. Jesus was that person. Jesus is that physical person on earth who came to show us what it would look like in physical form if God was here. And I think that's one of those amazing things just to be able to follow. And so Jesus certainly is ruler and redeemer as well. And the comparison between Moses and Jesus just keeps going because God does this. He double layers the story Here's the first story. Let me show you what it looks like. And then I'm going to send the next one. And here's Jesus. And it's exactly the same story, the same type of person. He says, I've told you this already. You should be able to grasp this by now. And sometimes we get it and sometimes it's pretty difficult. Well, Moses is one of those guys who comes with great miracles also. He's got the magic staff, throw it down, turns into a snake. I always wanted one of those. You know, not so much the pick it up by the tail where it turns back to a staff. Put his hand inside his coat, it's leprous. Don't you wish we could put our hand back inside our coat and COVID would go away? You know, that would be a great one to have from God as well. He turns water into blood. He's able to part the Red Sea. That's probably the most amazing thing because this gets referred to over and over again. And I know some people try to say, oh, well, no, it wasn't that. There's a land bridge and it was a big wind and there's just this one little path. That's an even bigger one because he drowned a whole Egyptian army off of one little path with wind then. Whatever it is, God does some amazing things through Moses. And so Moses was this great miracle worker, and Jesus comes as the great miracle worker as well. He comes as one who's able to help people to bring them freedom from sin. Moses came to bring them freedom from their captivity in Egypt. And, and we find Jesus brings freedom from sin and freedom from possession by demons, from leprosy, from paralysis, from blindness, from being lame, from all of those limitations that we would have. Jesus comes and Jesus heals. And he is there to bring about that about that freedom. And yet we find that's not really the point. I mean, it's amazing to watch the things that they did and to read about the, the story. And it's just hard for us to even imagine how this could happen. But it's, it's really not the point. And of course, one of the most famous ones that Moses has is he is given the law of God. And we're able to see where God comes down on the mountain. Actually, it's one of those things that's pretty amazing because the people had heard about this from the beginning. And the, God spoke from the top of the mountain. 
And they say, we don't want to hear this anymore. And so Moses goes up onto the mountain and God actually writes on the tablets of stone and gives him the tablets of stone. And he's able to go back and he's able then to bring that law. But by the time he gets back down, it's people are not following. Even what they just heard God say. And so... God tells them about raising up another prophet that everyone needs to listen to him. When you think about the law that was given, the law that was given was given to the Jews. It was not a worldwide law. It was not given to every person. In fact, you had to be that nationality. Now, you could convert to that religion. There was a process by which you could do that. But I don't know that they were very evangelistic about that because it seems as if God wanted that race. And it's one of those things that he had decided that he was going to bless people through that. But then through the other prophet that would be like Moses, he would bring this to all people. It would not just be a law that was set, but it would be the commandment of God and the wish and the will of God and everything that God wanted, and it would be for all people. In fact, the time when he gives us this, let's go back and look in Deuteronomy chapter 18, because this is the place where Moses is trying to tell them about God, and he's trying to tell them exactly what happens And here's what God says. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is him you shall, it is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God on Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear the voice of my, of the Lord my God or see the great fire anymore lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and I will speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. And the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or to speak in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And so Moses is recounting what had happened. And actually what happened is God tried to scare him to death. And it worked. I mean, he came down on the mountain with an earthquake and the sound of a trumpet and fire and this mighty sound of wind, the hurricane, the tornado, and all of the things that God could do with nature to be able to say, I am here, this is the presence of the Lord, you ought to be afraid. And yeah, they were. In fact, they said, well, we don't want you to talk anymore to this. But they had already given the first ten commandments. There's a lot more to come after that. But the first ten, God had already spoken. And the people say, send somebody else to get the rest of this because we can't even listen to this. 
And this is the place where Moses actually says, you remember God said, you're right. Because that's the way God had planned this all along. He wanted this concept of following someone else. Now, it hadn't been before Moses. Moses brings it in. We're so used to it with Jesus, that's what he says, follow me. Okay, yeah, that's always the way it was. No, it wasn't. But Moses brings this in. I now have this law of God which has been given to me from the top of the mountain. We are going to follow this. And so it was a brand new concept for them that we should follow the law that Moses has. And as Moses is the one who represents this law, and as Moses is the one who follows this law, we'll let Moses be the judge. And in that sense, Moses is their redeemer as well. He's the one who brings about this way in which they're able to have this. And so God says, I'm going to raise up a prophet like Moses. He's going to be the one you listen to. Moses brought you freedom from slavery in Egypt. This prophet's going to bring you to the new promised land where you have a home, where you have a place where you fit, where you belong. And that's what he really did. And so what are the advantages of having a leader that you can follow? And I just came up with this. A lot of the advantages, we don't know where we're going. A lot of the advantages, they didn't know how to get there. They couldn't really be trusted on their own. But God has promised a place for them. God has promised a new land that he was going to give to them. But exactly how do you get there? Well, it's, yeah, over somewhere with all these other ites, right? I mean, that's the short way of, yeah, there's lots of people who live there already. We don't know how to get there. We don't know how to move two million people across a desert. We don't know exactly where we are. And if you just leave it to us, you know what? Well, we'll see what we can do about it next year. But we all want to be home. And the idea of following becomes most important. Because you cannot get there unless you follow someone else. And that's what God was trying to say. There is this new land. There is this new promise that he was going to bring them in and they would seize this land and have this place where they would be. There is a new worship that they did not have before. The tabernacle had not been built. They did not have priests before. The Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat of God that they literally carried God with them and his presence was right there with them. They didn't have that before. And so now it's a matter of being able to understand what worship is about. And they followed the people that were led because God has appointed those people. It was Moses or... No, it was Moses. There was no one else. And today it's Jesus. And there is no one else. 
It's not that there's another option. It's not that there's someone else who could get us where we wanted to get to. They were chosen. They were appointed. They were sent. They are the ones that God puts all, everything in and says, now I want you to follow this. The qualities of Moses and Jesus are a lot alike. They were both described as very humble men. And so it's the type of leader that you see God selecting. And he says, you're able to follow this. Maybe not so much the person who's proud or arrogant and filled with himself, but he says, you're able to follow this. And so both Moses and Jesus are that type of person that may be easier to follow. And yet both of them are rejected. Both of them people treat as if, well, you know, we don't believe this. We don't think this is right. Moses is constantly having to deal with the faction that says, we want to go back to Egypt. We'd rather go back and be slaves. We'd rather not have this unknown. We'd rather not risk. And with Jesus, people just seem to walk away. It's too hard. It's too difficult. We don't know how to do it. And we're tired of trying to follow you. And I think sometimes we get there today too. We want to go back to when life was easier. I remember how it was when I was a kid. And we want to go back to how it was when I was a kid because that was comfortable, because it was familiar, right? Well, maybe God's leading us onward. Maybe God's leading us on to what it's going to look like in our kind of world today. That it's not just a matter of how to live with a tradition that we grew up with. But how do you take that and put that into COVID times. Because it was always about, let's all get together and have a potluck. That was the answer to everything, right? And so, all, and until women figured out that they didn't want to cook all the time. I don't know when that happened, but somewhere along the line, that happened as well. And yeah, I better leave that alone. I'm going to get in big trouble. <laughs> But how do we do this in a world like today? We just might need somebody else, some other way to follow this, some rethinking of how to do this. But it's so important that we get this one concept down, that we follow somebody. Because that's the way God has set it up. That's the way it fits for us. You may be familiar uh, if you go to a park or a golf course, that there are geese that fly down for the winter. We see them all over the place. I think they're already here by now because it's cold everywhere else except for here. And so they come and they fly in formation. They have this V shape. It is very distinct. You can tell when they're flying. You know exactly, yep, there comes the geese. They do this to conserve energy. The, the one that flies in the front expends the most energy because he is breaking through the air currents. And as he flies through the air currents, it creates the ripple behind him. And the others are able to slip in and fly much easier because of that. And so when the front one gets tired he's able to slip around and go to the back. And a new leader takes over, 
And the new leader now is the one who sets the direction, who sets the pace, but also who breaks everything and says, this is the way we go. It is not a herd of geese, as if they fly every which way and kind of don't know which way they're going. No, there's one leader, and all of them are involved in this. All of them are involved in this process of trying to get from where they are that's too cold all the way down to where it's warm, where they'll be safe and where they'll be fed. They fly in the daytime. They also fly at night a lot. I didn't realize that, but the wind currents are less at night, and so they may stop for a day if the wind is too bad because they realize that, you know, this is a long trip, and they are flying a huge distance, and there can be lots of danger along the way from inclement weather, from fog, from hunters, from starvation, from exhaustion. And yet they make it every year because they follow a leader. And that's what makes the difference for them. There's a way in which they need to accomplish this. And I think that's what's important for us. We either all make it together or we don't make it at all. And that's what has to happen. And that's the way Jesus is. That he set it up, follow me. We follow one person, that's Jesus. But you know, we're all doing this together. And it all helps for us to work together and being able to follow this one person. It's what makes all the difference. It's the only way to make it. Well, there's another important concept. We see Paul introducing this idea And it's this idea of conversion or this idea of baptism. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 is going to go back and look at this time. And he says, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And so Paul draws this picture for the Corinthians about this baptism into Moses. After all, Moses was the one that was sent for them. Moses had lots of preparation from the time he was a very small child, from the time he was a baby, actually. And we see God's plan and God's preparation and him setting Moses up as this great leader, as the one who was able to deliver them and to bring them out of slavery, to bring them to this new promised land. And he makes this parallel. And we'll let Paul make the parallel, right? We're not going to argue with Paul. I don't know that I would make this parallel just if I had this story, but Paul makes the parallel, and so I think the Holy Spirit has revealed this to him, that it was very much like our baptism. As they walked through that Red Sea and he split the sea, there was the pillar of cloud that followed them, and it was the pillar of cloud that led them, and he says they were in the middle of the sea and the cloud was over them and what's the cloud made of? Water. 
He says, they were baptized into Moses. Okay. Wow, that's a stretch, isn't it? They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate of the same spiritual food. Well, that has to be the manna that comes out of heaven, right? Because nobody was cooking. It was the manna that fell every morning. And they all drank the same spiritual drink, which is the water that Moses was able to provide out of the rock. So he talks about that rock. And he says that rock was Christ. And that bread was Christ. And everything they took of was from God because God was supplying those things to them. And we need to see and understand exactly how that works, that Jesus was with Moses in the Old Testament. And that's what he's trying to get across. Nothing has happened without Jesus. Everything Moses did, Moses was the one here on earth, but it's Jesus who's actually there with them. And Jesus is the one following them. And it's always going to be Jesus. Now, I understand they had a different seal of the covenant back then, which was circumcision. But here Paul says, don't you know that baptism has been there from the very beginning? And that God baptized them, immersed them in the water, in the cloud, in the sea. And that Moses was their deliverer. And there was no one else. There is no other law. It couldn't be Aaron, even though Aaron tried. And it couldn't be Miriam, his brother and sister. Because they said, well, who is Moses? We're just as important as Moses. And God said, no, you're not. And he proved it to them. And so they said, okay, sorry. And Korah decided, well, who is this Moses? I think God can, can reach to any of us. And Korah's rebellion with his 250 prophets, and he claimed, you know, we don't have to listen to Moses. I know as much as anybody else. And the ground opened up and just kind of swallowed him. And he says, all right, any more comments? <laughs> no, I guess it's Moses. <laughs> And so it's one of those amazing things that we're able to see that God chose this, follow this. And then we get to Jesus, and he says, you know, Jesus is the one who was with them, but God wasn't pleased with a lot of them because they didn't learn one thing, how to follow. And that is so basic to everything. Learn how to follow. Paul is going to use this in Romans as he writes to the church that's there and actually writing to all of us. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The same as he said, they were baptized into Moses. We are baptized into Christ. 
What an incredible thing it is to realize that we take part in this death, in this burial, in this resurrection of Christ. I'm kind of glad it's this way, aren't you? I mean, having to walk through the middle of the Red Sea might have been pretty amazing, but it might have been a little bit scary with an army chasing you too. And so what an incredible thing it is to think about this idea of Moses, that we can look at him and look at how people followed him across. And if they didn't follow him across that Red Sea and go through that Red Sea, they weren't going to make it. You had to cross with him. Because the sea comes back together and all the Egyptians are destroyed. And when Paul writes this about Christ, he said, this is our salvation. This is how it works. Is that the same way as Moses was the leader, Christ is the leader, and the way in which they came to Moses and were delivered finally is the same way as Christ, that we are baptized, buried with him, and raised to gain this new life, our promised land. And so what's the point of a leader like Moses? What's the point of all of this? Well, I think Moses had a law, and he told people how to live as he followed the law. When Jesus came, he taught people how to live as he was that commandment of God. That he was that person who followed. He wasn't following something else. Moses followed the law the same as everybody else and said, do like me. Jesus lived as who he was and said, become like me. Follow me. What an amazing thing it is that we have someone that we can follow. It's such a simple concept and yet we seem to struggle with it so much. People will look at this and go, I'm not doing that. Really? How easy can you make this? And so what's the importance of a leader? We don't know where we're going. Well, we're going to heaven, right? And where is that? And how do you get there? Is it elevator or stairs? We're not quite sure. And we know that we can't be trusted on our own. And we know we want to go home. And we know Jesus is the one who leads us there. And that's all you have to know. Follow him. He's the one that leads you there. He's the one who will make all the difference in this. And so what do you need this morning to be able to follow Jesus? I mean, he's done everything he can to make this possible. He is that leader that God raised up. And we have new life and deliverance through him. Today, if we can help you in this journey, because we are in this together. We want to do that. Let us pray with you. Let us baptize you. Whatever it takes for you to follow Jesus.